Hi, I'm Monique Carriol and I'm building a movement of brave leaders so that together we can tackle some of society's most fundamental needs. So I'm here to encourage you to be yourself, support you to back yourself and really help you through those practical steps to navigate your leadership and career journey to enable you to make it happen. Hi and welcome to today's episode. So I want to speak to you about bravery in the boardroom, how it came about, why bravery in the boardroom, why now, who are we targeting and what am I asking you to do? So let's jump into this. So how did bravery in the boardroom come about? If you listen to episode four of the podcast, The Power of a Conversation, I basically practiced what I preached. I reached out to my network um, and one of the people I reached out to was um, Sam Alsop Hall. Sam and I have a mutual connection through Tara Humphrey. I reached out to Sam and my my plan in reaching out for those conversations was to share what I was doing now that I'd moved away from the NHS. I was now focusing on leadership and talent development and to see if there was anything I could help with to understand what people were doing now and was there any opportunity for us to work together. Sam agreed to jump on a call with me and through our conversation, we realized that we had a shared vision, energy and determination to help turn the dial now on inclusive leadership and diverse talent development in particular in the NHS. We both wanted to help and see what we Mm -hmm. could do to support more talent moving into the boardroom and to try and help with looking at why. There was, a, there was barriers to progress of diverse talent into senior roles in the NHS. So why, and I will talk more with Sam. I'm inviting Sam onto a future episode where Sam will say more, can share with you more about what he's doing and why, and just share more about his perspective of our conversation and the work we're doing together. So look out for that. So why bravery in the boardroom and why are we building a movement? Well, Boardrooms are not representative of the communities and staff they serve. The stats are all around us, left, right and centre, that that is the case. So we know that things need to change. There's power in the boardroom. I speak about building a movement of brave leaders. You hear me say that, I feel that's my purpose, you hear it in my intro. There's power in the boardroom and if we can get more brave, diverse leaders into the boardroom, I believe there will be a snowball effect. They will grow and nurture more brave and diverse um, leaders, talent pipelines will grow, succession planning will change, and we will see that. So for me, focusing on getting more diverse leaders into the boardroom and to stay, so to sustain that talent in the boardroom, because the sustainability is really important, is something that I am focusing on. For me as well, personally, if you know my journey, you know that I navigated my way I had a 20-year career in the NHS. I navigated my way starting off as a PA and 15 years later, I secured a board-level executive director role. And I held that role for nearly five years. For me though, and for my career aspirations and for my journey and what I think my purpose in life is, it's not good enough for me that I got just got there. I want to do something. I want to use what my experience, my insights, my understanding, the gifts and talents that I've been blessed with, I want to use them to help more people get into the boardroom, more people from diverse backgrounds to to secure the roles that they want, to be able to fulfill their potential regardless of their background, to have equal opportunities to progress if that's what they want to do, and to feel that they can 
thrive, not just survive, but thrive at a senior level in organizations. So why now? There's lots of things going on at the moment around inclusion, inclusive leadership, um, developing diverse talent. There's a lot going on at the moment and it's good to see that. But I don't believe there's any one magic bullet. I don't think there's just one program or two or three programs that will solve this. This is a big ticket item. There's a lot to do here. That's not to put people off. I'm not trying to make you feel despondent or suggest that we should give up or I'm saying that it's not good enough. I just think that it's a big jigsaw puzzle to solve. There are lots of pieces to put into it that, and there's an energy and momentum that needs to be maintained to keep working at it. There are big structural and systemic barriers that need to be pulled down and to stay down. That doesn't happen overnight and there isn't one program or one bullet that's going to do that. If you are um, working at board level, if you are a board level, um, if you are a board member at the moment, or you have responsibility or you're accountable for some of what I'm speaking about. You, I know when I was in the NHS, it was very easy to sit in, a bo- in the boardroom or to sit in a committee and you see a slide deck that is absolutely saying all the right words, hitting all the right things, it's telling you all what you want to hear. And you would feel some, some, you'd get some assurance from seeing that. That does not equate to action. That does not equate to sustained action. That does not equate to sustained change. That does not equate to people from diverse backgrounds feeling that there is equal opportunity for them to progress, feeling that they can aspire to be in the boardroom and it is okay and absolutely right for them to do so. That doesn't equate to that. So that's not going to solve it. So I knew I didn't want to just come on the scene and offer another program. That isn't what I wanted to do. I didn't. I wanted to understand more about what's working and to be able to share this and also to, un- to just really hone down on that question. There's a lot going on. There's stuff happening in pockets. But what more can we do to help turn the dial now? And this is where I started. We started to think about bravery in the boardroom and actually what it should be. When I first started to have conversations about bravery in the boardroom, I'll be really honest with you. People were asking me, well, what's your program? What's your approach? Send us something. What have you done before? What impact has it had? All the usual questions you'd get. And I started scurrying around, you know, right, I've got to build a slide deck. You know, this is a leadership program I've delivered before. It landed really well. I had 300 people go through my leadership program last summer. Get all those stats together. This is what it's about. That's all fine, and I'm doing that in the background, but that is not what bravery in the boardroom is for me. Building the movement is because it's a big ticket item. We need to bring people together. We need to galvanize our energy. We need to maintain momentum. I I want this to be a space. This is a safe space where we can learn, challenge each other, grow and share together. I'm currently building the timetable for the next 12 months of events and things that we'll be doing under the Bravery in the Boardroom banner. But what I knew is we had enough to kick off with what we could see as the first step on that journey. And the first step was to organize a series of roundtable sessions, a Q&A sessions where I would invite and facilitate a conversation with a guest panel of current NHS black and brown executive and non-executive non, non, non executive directors 
working in a particular region of the NHS now. If you're not familiar with the NHS, it has seven regions nationally. I knew I didn't want to just hold one big session for the whole of the country. We needed to break it down in some way. So we went with, let's hold a session for each region. I thought it was very important to have panel members who were currently working in that region. When you hear from people, you want to hear the here and now. What does it really feel like operating at board level when you're in the minority? What helped you to get into the boardroom? What was in your development toolbox that helped you to get there? What can other aspiring executives who relate to you because you look and sound like them, what can they learn from you about that journey? You know, what is it they can glean from it? Some of the feedback we've had about the first session we ran in the Midlands was that it was like an online mentoring session for them. And that is so important because there aren't enough mentors to go around for everybody who wants to access a mentor at director level. So being able to access that insight, you know, to hear their story, to get advice that's applicable to so many people. We had 180 people on that call. They benefited from that in the room. That's why we wanted to do this. So let me come back to, so who are we targeting? So the sessions are open to all, but we are targeting you. If I just described you as an aspiring executive or senior leader from a minority background, we are talking to you. Come, please come and join our events. Come and join the network. Come and be part of the conversation. Come and learn. Come and most importantly, come and ask your questions. You know, the panel discussions, I ask some questions, but there is time for questions from the audience. Bring your questions. You know, the panel will be there to answer them. I'll be there to answer them. We want to hear from you. If you are responsible for this area of work, so you are a lead for equality, diversity or inclu and inclusion, you may be a leadership or talent, um, leadership development or talent development lead in your organisation. You may be the chief people officer, the director of workforce, HR or OD. You may be an OD or HR business partner. Please come and join the conversation. If you feel you're doing everything you should be and you're, you're seeing great results in your organization, in your team, in your system for what you're delivering, please come and share it. People want to learn from best practice. When I asked people about what they'd want from these sessions, learning and, learning and sharing best practice was one of the top responses. So come and share what you're doing. There is someone somewhere holding their head in their hand with responsibility for this area and not knowing where to start. They can learn from you. If you're the most senior decision maker or one of the most senior decision makers in your organization, you know, you're the chair, you're the CEO, you're the MD or you're the accountable officer, please come and hear this conversation. My question is, is your board diverse? If not, why not? What are you doing about it? What are you thinking about in relation to succession planning? Do you have a diverse talent pool in your organization or in your system? Do you know where diverse senior talent is? Do you know how to access it? Are you thinking about it? I'd encourage you to come, come and gain some insights, bring your questions as well. You know, this is important. We all have responsibility for this. If, if you're none of those, you know, if you're not my target audience, I still encourage you to come and listen and join our next event because inclusion and leadership is everyone's responsibility, not just those with, their, with it in their title and not just those who've been allocated it into their portfolio. There is something you can listen and learn about in this conversation. 
So at the time of recording this uh, episode, our next event is on Wednesday the 11th of May at three o'clock on Zoom. I'll put the registration link and info in the show notes for you. It's free to join. I'd love to see you there. What will we be covering? Well, we'll be talking about the hi- to highlight the challenges and barriers hindering diverse talent development and retention. I want us to start to identify practical action, practical action is the key words there, and support needed to progress more diverse talent into the boardroom. I'm challenging us all, as individuals, as organisations and as systems, to turn the dial now on recruiting and and leading inclusively at senior level. I also, as I've just mentioned before, want to be able to raise awareness of current programmes and initiatives that are happening across the region in London for the NHS. So, in summary, what am I asking you to do now? What's your takeaway action? Well, number one, come and be part of the movement. The first step in doing that is to follow Bravery in the Boardroom on social media. I'll put the links in the show notes. We have a Twitter page. We have a LinkedIn page. Follow us so that you stay up to date and you never miss one of our upcoming events. Attend our session on the 11th of May. Come and join. As I said, the registration link is in the show notes too. Share this episode and share the links to our social media pages with your network. Please do that. We want to reach as many people as we can. And I see this building to be a global movement. And then the last thing I'm asking you to do, I'd like you to identify one thing that you can do to help turn the dial now on inclusive leadership and diverse talent development. I'm asking you to identify one thing you can do and to actually commit to doing it. So thank you for listening today. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave me a rating and review and don't forget to subscribe. Can you please also share this with friends, family members or colleagues? I'd really appreciate it. And you can follow me on Twitter at Monique Carriol or connect with me on LinkedIn if you haven't already. I'm Monique Carriol on there too. And also click the links in the show notes to join my mailing list. I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. Take care and see you soon.